Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to There Will Be Dungeons. This is There Will Be Dungeons, and it's for the weekend of Sunday, January, no, uh, June 7th. It's not January. What the hell am I saying? It's not January. It's June. It's summer. Welcome back to the show. Sorry about last week. Things were a little bit nuts, and uh, we couldn't do a show, but we're doing one tonight, and we're happy to be here uh, with Bo and John and Kristen and Kyle and myself. Let's waste no time getting straight to it today. By letting Kristen wrap up what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, they had succeeded in setting down in Sigil. The boat birthed, and Nash, currently captain, was whisked away to tell the tale of the disappeared dinghy. Unfortunately, as the official operator, he was responsible for reparating the removed raft. Nash nervously promised postponed payment. Meanwhile, Varel was found by a furious Fambo Joe, the ripped rickshaw runner, and four of his friends. Varel explained his exploits and the time twist tempered by travel, but Fambo refused to reconcile. However, rickshaws were still required to reach Tabacho, so Squirt squashed the squabble by forcing a fast friendship with a reptile runner. The exit was an elevator. They all boarded, but soon were squished by bunches of brutes and two trolls fond of farting. The hoist halted. A mysterious, menacing message revealed the rut the four were forced into, a lift of lackeys. Luckily, the rickshaw runners proved proficient pals. Stanley met massive mangling, but a heaping heel from Squirts bolstered him back to battle. Nash sat safe, floating over the fray as Varel beat on baddies. But close quarters proved precarious. Varel collected his compatriots in a corner and called on Nash to cause calamity. The fireball fried fiercely, consuming the contenders and fracturing the floor. As the final foe fell, the bottom broke, and the party plunged toward pavement until Stanley's featherfall forced friction. Grounded, Fambo Joe was still sour, but the fight had fostered a frustrated friendship. The lizard, still in love with Squirts, drove them directly to Tabacho's tavern where the blue beast beckoned. Now we join our heroes as they lilt into the lair of a dastardly demon who dared destroy them. What will he make of the magic mitt? Dare he deter the heroes who halted his assassination attempt? And will Varel ever manage to make it to Fambo's features? Stay tuned for today's adventure through the mean streets and rough beats of Sigil. All right, we're back at it. Bo, take it away. 
All right. The four of you, or the yeah, the four of you, Nash Maggard of the Solar Mind, Stanley Billings, Varel Rasphim Curic, and Squirts and Chunks. I guess that makes five. Have just entered once again into Tabacho Fleur's establishment. You knocked on the door, you were let right in, even without a password, and escorted right to the main bar area. And when you'd entered into this area, there was um, some dancing that had been going on on the main floor before Tabacho, his great dragon form, blue, but, but a slick night blue, as he's splayed out across this humongous dragon-sized love seat and enjoying the music. And as you had entered into Tobacho's establishment, <clears throat> which is packed, by the way, all the booth seats have people sitting in it, there are people at the bar, there's some standing room people, um, the whole establishment had turned to you and with some quick utterances from Tobacho, in Pentampu Ite, the dance, uh, whatever was going on, this dance number that was being performed for Tobacho is immediately ushered off the stage as uh, men walk up with spears and gently coax, uh, you know, without having to do too much miming of what their intentions are show that people are to be brushed off the stage so they make this brushing motion with their spears slightly threatening and the dancers have moved off the stage and opened up a stadium basically for you to stand and the lights all around the bar dim except for the spotlight that's upon you and some some very cool blues and and pinks that are being um, shown in in Tobacho's area, as he's obviously the most important person in the room. His stone golem gets up from being a stone and transforms into man form again. A sound of stone crushing against stone as this entity stands up and walks to the center of the room where it is lit, lit itself, and says to you, Welcome, Happy returning to our guests. Please make your way before Tabacho. And the room descends into silence where it was music and cheering before. Everyone awaits your reaction with bated breath. I proceed to the assigned area with the box in hand. Yep. The great Step lizard forward. folk, Varel, steps forward first with the box floating in hand, controlling it. In that way, that makes it light. It's floating to the center of the illuminated area. Stanley follows behind. Nash and Squirts, do you join them in the center of oh, the oh, yeah. stage? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Very good. So the four of you move uh, on into this illuminated area that's at the center of the stage. That's before Tabacho, who's on a raised platform on his love seat, looking at you and watching every move very carefully as I'm sure everyone else is in the crowd, and as you look out into the darkness, there's small candles and pieces of illumination, so you see many eyeballs of many different colors all watching as you move to the staged area. Now, the floor on the staged area has grating, and the light spills in and shines, and you see the reflection of speckled creatures underneath as they move about, and you hear a... <laughs> as you step too uncomfortably close to one over top. Now, as you look down, you can see that the light doesn't shine very deep down. It's maybe 10 feet down. So you take your 
place on this stage before all the patrons of Tabachos and Tabachos himself. And Tabacho looks to you and says, Itukata pico in tabi ornunti. And then the rock golem turns from looking at Tobacho, trying to understand its words. The rock appears to translate it, turns to you and says, Tobacho bids you welcome and happy returning from your mission. He is excited to see that you have brought the box with you and expects good news. Stanley steps forward and uh, I would like to attempt my enthralling performance as I speak. Okay, so we need to review the details. I don't want to get any gotcha moments with this spell because sure. it sounds like we're manipulating the people around. <laughs> people don't like stuff like that. So, um, I'm just getting to your character sheet. Give me a moment. Where is, where is that stuff? It's under features and traits. No, I'm just even trying to find the character. I've got to go to my campaigns. Oh. Like, honestly, if anyone from D&D Beyond is listening, your site used to be really awesome because of how clean it was, and now it's a nightmare. Yeah, There's, there's a, so much stuff on here. It drives me nuts. There's some bloat, for sure. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Like every other tech thing that's awesome, that makes money or is successful, they ruin it. Yeah. Um, okay, so... We are looking for Stanley Billings. There we go. Okay. So it is the feat enthralling performance. Yep. Okay. Features and traits enthralling performance. So for everyone's benefit listening, once per short rest, he can choose five creatures that watch and listen to you perform for a minute. Each target makes a wisdom saving throw and is charmed if it fails for an hour or until it takes damage you attack it or it sees you or attacks or you attack it or damage its allies okay you so may this want isn't a charm to, uh, yeah you may also want to click it uh, just mm-hmm. to once again oh. avoid gotcha moments all right uh, sure yes. into a bit more detail mm-hmm. because if they succeed in a save they do not have any idea that we attempted to charm them yeah and that's an important distinction because generally people are hostile towards charm effects this is however an innate ability so you're not using your magic to manipulate the enemy. You're using your magic to improve your own performance, essentially. Right. To such a degree that it's hard for people to resist it. So you're technically uh, on the right side of you know human rights. So this is great. <laughs> yeah. You're not manipulating another person's mind directly. Right. 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 Like other times have happened. So good, this is cool. Good job, right. John. Uh, so the five creatures that I would choose in this instance... Um, mm-hmm. Is I would obviously be choosing uh, Tabacho. Um, okay. So just a second, I... I'm going to write this down on my sweet little notebook here. Let me show okay. You. Okay. Perfect. Can I see? Is Jalver there? Um, you perception check, please. The crowd is darkened and hard to see. Although you do have dark vision, there's still a lot of people. Sure. Let me do a perception check. Whoa. That's going to be a 24. All right. Did you all hear that? Yeah, that was yeah. weird. How loud you Wait got. Wait a minute, really? Yeah. My... yeah. You got really loud only while you did the perception check. My yeah. hearing perception went up when you did your perception weird. check. Uh, it was 24. Anyway. Yeah, your stealth went down. 
<laughs> okay, it's 24. All right, perfect. Thank you. I have it all sorted now. Um, 24. All right, you scan the crowd and you spot the form of what is distinctly Jalvair. All right, he would be number two because I know okay. he has. Do you have a range uh, limit, or it's just sound of your voice? Uh, Sixty feet, I believe, is what it's. Okay, you can hit that. Oh, who uh, watched and listened within sixty feet of you? Okay, that's we're, we're within sixty feet. Then. Beyond that, I would only be hitting random people in the crowd. I would be looking. He'd be eyeing people who appear more affluent, who might have more sway if they were. So, like, I wouldn't be targeting entertainers, probably, because I figure they're not that high up in the food chain. Well, you know? this is so. This is a hive, and this is a hive of scum and villainy style place. Sure, it hasn't already been made clear. So, no, right here. Well, I, I know that, but let's uh, let's use the thing we're all referring to. If there's like a Boba Fett esque figure standing behind him as like a right hand man, that so would you, be a target. You're looking for people who look like badass bounty hunters, right? We wouldn't be targeting the Twi'lek dancer down <laughs> on the floor. Got it. Hmm. Okay. Perfect. We've established um, understanding between us, and I have made a note of three badass bounty hunters that or look looking. So you never know when some fashionista is there and has the latest bounty hunter threads, but isn't actually a bounty hunter. You might you might make a mistake. That could hey, happen. That's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, okay. All right. So we've got that. So Stanley would step forth and would say, uh, "Honorable Tabacho, we have returned with the treasure you requested of us, but it was not easy." We come to you down a member. We come to you having had every opportunity to try and return this to you quickly and easily foiled. Many lost their lives to bring this to you. Airships crumbled. Great battles were fought. What is that weird crackling sound? Do you hear that? We have a tiny goblin ripping ass? No, yeah, I is. don't know what that is, but I hear it too. Do you guys hear a crackling sound? Yeah, but it sounds like somebody like bringing up their spit and re-swallowing it a whole bunch. How about now? Do you hear it now? Yeah, it's Definitely. coming yeah, from worked. you, Scott, I think, because you're lighting up on Discord when I hear it. Do you hear it now? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely you. It's like your your voice is crackling along with it. What am I doing? I'm not it's doing anything. Like, it's robotic, actually. Is it's it? It's like a wires fizzing out. Yeah, I don't. Serious. You're not going to like that. Let me see if it's recording this way. Just one sec. Hold on. audio. I know. It's yeah. annoying. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, are you positive? Your audio's not working. I can't yeah. hear you right now. It's like I'm paying you. Quit telling me what to do, you damn thing. All right, we're back. We're back. Sorry, Bo. Continue where, where you were at. That's what well, you were doing. Um, John, did you want to restart your speech, or do you want to... Oh, eh, sorry, we'll, John. We'll just, we'll just continue with it. Uh, oh, I feel bad, we'll just, sorry. Uh, we'll just say, Honorable Tabacho, we have recovered the artifact that you sent us out for, but it was at great cost. Not only was the airship you sent us in destroyed, but even those who came to follow behind were lost as well. We lost one of our companions trying to get this. I cannot stress enough the heavy price we've paid to bring this artifact before you. It was not easy. We successfully infiltrated and stole the key to the chest, and then 
we stowed away into the very tower and managed to retrieve the artifact in a battle between demons and paladins and even sites you wouldn't believe. To say that this artifact and retrieving it was a challenge would be to put it lightly. The value of this chest to us for what we have endured is quite high. And I hope you will appreciate it as we turn it over to you. Which that should be a minute. Oh, oh, you're muted, you're Bo. muted, Bo. Sorry, I'm so confused with everything that's going on. Um, <laughs> I can't find my dice. Do I have to make a saving throw for these characters? Uh, yes, it is a wisdom 17 is the level. Right, sorry, I hid so, them. In my cleaning, I cleaned, and then I put them... Oh, nice little bowl of dice. Oh, Don't oh, eat them. For, yeah. for those in the show, I was talking pre-show about how I cleaned. Anyways. Don't eat them, that's all I'm saying. All right, so you said, sorry, please repeat that. My head was filled with So it'll be five Wisdom 17 uh, saving throws. All right, for Jilver, for Tabacho, for the badass bounty. Are you allowed to know the result? I don't think so. Okay. Really? You don't get to know how it went? That's crazy. Well, it's not a magical effect. Hmm. Like, right. like Bo said, it, it, it's... Yeah, you would test it based on speaking to them, I imagine. But you're in the middle of a performance, so right. you can't know. Yeah, I think... That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty much. I would say that's true. The magic is focused on self, so you don't have a sense of result. I think if you were casting magic on somebody charming them, you would know whether it worked or not. Like Modify Memory, for example. Right, but the magic is affecting Stanley's voice. And persuasiveness. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that means you you aren't aware. So uh, you say these fine words, orating to the entire room. Tobacco takes a dragon claw and scratches the scales under his chin, and goes, "Ipeto in tubechi, orompiste." And then um, the rock golem looks to everyone and says, "Tobacco acknowledges." the great effort that you undertook to retrieve this item for him. Please, everyone, give these treasure hunters a round of applause. And the entire room begins. And there's a polite clap. There's no cheering or woots, but there's this polite clap. It's really loud, just fills the room. And then the rock golem waves, like waves her hand out. And everyone begins stopping the clapping. And Tobacco continues. In tushti at bed bezos is parfumbe. A katukata. I heard bezos in there. <laughs> he ordered us something from Amazon. You remember uh, Rasfin Tutum Bezos? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do remember that. I was reminded of that recently. It came back to me. Nice. Um, so the rock golem looks to Tobacco, then returns to everyone and says, or actually he turns to the party. He looks to you and he says, Tobacco is very pleased with the result that you came back. He might have suspected there would be great challenges and that you might not have returned with it. 
he was right in backing you for this task. He's also very eager to see the prize. I can't look at Bo while he's doing this. He's making me laugh. You just have this smile on your face and it's killing me. I'm just enjoying myself. It's That's not good. Anything. No, no, no. I know. It's just, it's infectious. I gotta stop looking at it. You're not wrong. Even once we were back in the city just trying to get this to you, we were ambushed and attacked within the walls. To say that it is a hot item would be putting it very lightly. But let's open it up. I don't know who has the key. Do I have the key? Probably. Pharrell doesn't have pockets. I'll take out the key. <laughs> I think you gave the key. Did you take it back from Elantris? You didn't. When you modified her memory, you took We had to use key. it to open it. Does Nash have it? I don't think so. Nash you, had to we... arcane it closed. Yeah, but How I did have... we close it? Didn't we need the key to close the box again? No, he did an arcane thing to get the magical box closed again. I thought the arcane thing was to find out that he needed the key to get the box closed again. I don't remember. Let me look and hmm. see if I put is it, is something it in, in your inventories. Mm, no. I mean, I still have the. I still have the umbrella dong and some veggie peelings. Well, I need you guys to help me with this stuff. I don't remember who has it. I suspected one of you's had it, though. Yeah. I believe Stan. Mm. Yeah. I think it would either be Nash or Varel. They were the ones who sealed up the box, and I could have sworn they needed the key to do that. Wasn't given to Hope, was it? No, we didn't give it to Hope. Okay. Well, uh, investigation time, please. You know what? You guys, I think they probably gave it back to me. Nope, that's remember. not how this is going to work. I just so you search your it. inventory and you, you begin padding your 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 inventory, and you begin panicking a bit because you don't seem to be able to locate it. So we're doing investigation rolls. Let's do an investigation roll, please. I'm going to use my DM inspiration. Very good <laughs> on, the, on this. Uh, for a 20. Not natural. Okay. You begin patting your items looking... Do you still have a bag of holding? I can't remember. We destroyed no, so I much don't. of your inventory. It's gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you begin looking through your items, uh, trying to find any pockets. It's true, though. We've destroyed a lot of your items. Um, and Or I have, I guess. Um, so the you begin searching around. You don't find it in any of the usual spaces, but you feel something sharp in your boot. And you're thinking maybe that's it? While originally I was sort of facing Tabacho presenting, I turned to Stanley with the box so he could unlock it. And as this search has gone on, I've sort of inched over to try to block the view of Tabacho to Stanley okay. as he digs through his pockets. <laughs> All right, I checked the boot. Is it in the boot? Uh, you pull it out and indeed you find the medallion. And you're not quite sure how it got there. It wouldn't normally be a place you'd put it, but... You just know it wasn't safe. Nash. That's all you know for sure, that it wasn't Nash who put it there. You, you don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> You're almost 100% sure, though, even though you... All right. 
Stanley takes the the amulet, puts it in, and uh, rotates it, and opens up the box. Okay, and the box opens, and there's an audible "ooh" from the crowd as the box opens up, and psh, it, the way it opens up, it's this magical device. So the front folds left, and then folds out, and the top folds up, and as it folds up, it raises the item that's held in there on this pedestal, and there's the glove in its purple like it's it's gold and white glory but also corrupted purple like veins that are on it and then this big gem that's in the back of the fist that's just smoking purple and it rises up and you hear from Tobacco he goes oh <laughs> and the rock arm looks and says Tobacco has commented that he thinks it looks Pretty. Is Tobacco yeah. speaking Draconic this whole time? You established this last time. Uh, I okay. remember this. He's speaking in a form of ancient Draconic that you don't understand. Got it. For, and for whatever reason, he insists on speaking that language, it seems. Cool. Why well, I, I turn around with the box and sort of display it upward in a wide gesture for all the room to see. And the, the crowd... Ooh, and there's a, there's a, some there's a little bit of clapping too that comes up again from some people. Very, everyone's very honored to see this item. It seems. Tobacco looks at you. And he says, "Impi tasty orbita," and then the rock golem looks to you, Varel, and says, "Tobacco would like to examine the item." personally. All right. I will approach his mighty bench. Okay. Uh, and he reaches out. Uh, no, would he reach out for it? No, the rock golem approaches you as you approach and sort of stops you by putting a hand on the box. And then the rock golem reaches for the glove and holds it kind of... Um, honorably sort of like out with two hands like this like a pizza like the underbox of a pizza box or something <laughs> and you're offering pizza <laughs> <laughs> when you're offering pizza to someone you lift the lid and have a hand underneath and go what would you like kind of deal anyways she has both of her hands under it this is a weird explanation but okay um <laughs> and and she turns to uh she turns to tobacco and walks to tobacco and raises her hands up and from his love seat, he takes two big dragon fingers, an index and a thumb, and he picks it up in his claws, and it's very tiny. Uh, he, you, he wouldn't even be able to fit this on a finger, you know, like it's very small. So he sort of picks it up this way, and he brings it up to his eye, and then he goes, oh. Then he, another hand reaches into the love seat, and he pulls out this, like, monocle. But it's not a monocle. It's like a little, it's like a, you know, a test, like a, Jewelers have them, like these jeweler appraisal like things. And he puts it he puts it up to his eye and he clinches it in there without having to hold it. And then he examines it. And he goes, Ooh. Oh. And then he stops. And he looks at the rock golem and he says, Impito. Efrantia. The rock golem turns around to you and says, Great treasure hunters, there appears to be a portion of the item missing. 
Mm, not possible. That's exactly what was in the box. Impincho abinte prinkita stampa. And the rock golem turns to you again. She says, Tobacho was informed that there would be an item inside of the glove. And yet it appears to be missing. Tobacho continues. He turns the glove around and shows the, the hole where the hand goes in and all the teeth and membrane that's inside. And he says, It tongue kupe umbricha atili. And then the rock column continues. Tobacho observes that whatever was in here could not have been removed easily given all of these cursed teeth on the inside of the glove. I'm turning into an old lady. Inside of the glove. <laughs> I mean, we were not informed to expect an item inside. We, of course, checked to make sure that Zoranda's fist was in there. We would have looked very silly to bring the great Tabacho a empty box, but... I assure you, this is the item that they called Zoranda's fist and defended, even to our own very gates, tried to obtain. Okay, if there's there's more to it, we didn't see it. There are lies in there, so make a deception roll, please. Sure. A 32. <laughs> Man, this... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, keep in mind, I think the DC for things that are quote unpo- impossible are thirty. So thirty-two is a big deal. Uh, okay. So he, as far as you can tell, he buys your story completely. Nods and looks. Tobacco, and he lets out a big sigh, and then the rock golem looks to you and says. Tobacco is disappointed. Is there a reaction from you? You know, Tobacco, I am equally disappointed. Here I thought this was going to be a great day of celebration. Us bringing you the item you sought so hard and we fought so hard for. The fact that they have, I don't know, done something to split this item to try and hide it further is just downright disappointing. I'll tell you what. Why don't we make good on the deal we had? And maybe, once we find our footing again back in our world, maybe we can look into finding whatever it was that was supposed to be in there. I mean, do you know what it was? What it looked like? Maybe we stumbled upon it while we were there and didn't even realize it. He looks at you I need another deception roll, please, as this continued ruse persists. That's a 19. Raises an eyebrow at you. Enpide o stent akuchi e bringa bongo. And the rock golem looks at you and he says, Now, now, you are correct. Tobacho does not punish his 
work associates and contractors when missions don't go as planned. That comes with the territory. So please do not be alarmed that Tobacco is disappointed. You are right that he did not inform you that there would be anything in there, and you seem to have testified that you know nothing of it. Yes? Tobacco will honor the agreement, as you have done as he asked. I believe it was a passage to Earth, the location of a portal to get there. The portal and the ability to travel through it. In putte asti a ibije kambrinki. The rock golem looks to you again, says, Tobacco has his own confession to make. There is no actual portal to Earth within Sigil that anyone knows of. However, we do have a means to return you to Earth. Via portals, you will not wait long. But he's had to obtain the services of an outside contractor. And Tobacco looks, it doesn't say anything, he goes, eh, and waves his hand. And then off to the side near where Tobacco is, in walks a Toyota host-looking human. He's wearing dungarees. He's got um, this metal, like, like, you know, Ford, like, front of a pickup truck is like a breastplate kind of thing, but he's wearing otherwise no clothes, so it's just bare-chested. And he's got a big gas mask on. It's this black gas mask with the two little things on the side. And then all you can see is are his eyeballs and that he's got a bald head with tattoos all over them. And one eyeball's like veering off to the left. He looks crazy. <laughs> and he's just standing there. And he walks up, kind of not really used to being on stage kind of person. So he's fidgeting immediately as he looks around the room. MP Ocho, badass T. Infochi Cabrunke. Topacho has retained the services of someone that says he is familiar to you. Badass T. The A is spelt with what he calls an anarchy symbol, and the two S's are dollar signs. He will take you where you wanted to go, fulfilling Topacho's end of the bargain. Pharrell, do you have anything to say? I'm reading your face and you're like, Home sweet home. Uh, Nash is Nash is annoyed. He's going to say somewhat under his breath, but not to hide it. He's going to say this wasn't the deal. Stanley. He's saying it to Stanley. Yeah. Okay. Something's fishy. Uh, Stealth check, please. (laughs) Nash. All right. Hold on. It won't be a high DC, but if you do roll low, every, you know. 18? 18? Okay, you say it quiet enough that only Stanley and Varel hear you. And squirts. Don't forget squirts. No one forgets Don't squirts. Don't forget me! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tabacho, I thank you for 
your hospitality, for your guidance, and for your aid in getting us home. While this is not exactly what we had in mind, I guess that's the same could be said about what we brought you, and seems more than fair. Anti abachinka. Uste unbedo dipe. Rock Column turns to you and says, Tobacco has agreed that with your sentiment, but he says there is one other thing that you may wish to hear. All right. In pitu astende aprinkestupete azike. And he raises his hand and summons forth an illusion. And the illusion is of someone you recognize standing there idly but animated. It's your dear personal friend, Hope. In pitanko echipe oste creation. E pincho astabedide ten million golden pieces on puche afrinke. In tibes donto es ten million golden pieces. Ostipoto. In ishkran, he takes a clonic. Fifty million golden pieces on chipe ashtenke. And the crowd starts. And the rock column turns to you and he says, Tobacco thinks that you should know that your companion, who is not here, has a price on her head of 10 million gold pieces if she's brought in without the arm, if she's brought in dead with the arm, another 10 million gold pieces. And if just her arm is brought in, the right one, then that's 50 million gold pieces. The contract is open to all entities all across creation. And as individuals who are close with hope, you would have a very easy means to get to her and collect the bounty for yourself as accomplished treasure hunters. It's open to anyone, no commitment, but Tobacco thought it important you be aware of how the chessboard has changed. That's definitely something for us to consider. Well, we will leave you now with badass tea. <laughs> Tobacco wishes you to know it was a pleasure doing business with such great treasure hunters. Oh, and by the way, this is just me speaking, but consider any debts related to the items you've taken absolved through the cost of the item. The rock golem then begins transforming back into a rock, and Tobacco goes, In pitiputa, ashtibidi! And people start jumping onto the dance floor where you're you're nearby, and they begin dancing again. Tobacco's like, this clawed dragon hands, he's, he's clapping and shaking his head, and there's music going, There's 
it just turned into a wild party all of a sudden and as if it wasn't important that you were there and you're like meaningless and nothing in the middle of the dance floor and this guy in the gas max walks forward and says guys hello you remember me he's got his hello come with me did we meet badass t before i don't remember this at all Guys, I'm badass to you. I can explain more. We should get out of here. It's not a safe place in here. (laughs) I will drop off the box on top of the rock golem. Because it's theirs now. I will turn and find... Was it Javert? Javert, yeah. Javert. And I will walk towards him. Okay. He's standing, leaning against the bar, sort of nodding his head to the beat. And he's there, and he says, hello. I'll I'll take out Shatter, Angel Slayer, and hold it, you know, flat across my head, so it looks like I'm not going to swing it, and then kind of bring it down in front of me, and pass it to him in silence. Wait, wait, can Varel start singing? Before you take another step, Javert, there's something I must do. I bring the slide back to you, Javert. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't think Varel would get that humor. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, you pass the hand back and he looks to you. He says, You are honorable, Varel. Thank you for the return of my precious item. He puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, Be careful that your honor doesn't get you killed spending time in places like this. I'm only sad I couldn't wet the sword for you. There was no angels to satiate its thirst. And I'll walk away. He calls out after you. He said, there will never be an end to angels. I'll pause slightly and keep walking. Rejoin the party. All right, so the guy in the gas mask without a shirt on, but he has, like, pieces of car parts hanging out. He's like, all right, guys. uh, I'm going to take you to a secondary location, and from there you can get to Earth. Cool. And I just want to say, keep an open mind, because this place... It's going to be a little rough, but uh, we won't be in any danger. Just psychological danger. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm making it worse than it is. I I made it worse. I'm really (laughs) sorry, guys. Uh, Just just come with me. We'll get you to home. I've been waiting a long time to see you guys. Let's go. And he begins making his way towards the exit of Tabachos. Well, I suppose it's better than nothing. Uh, He's speaking of mind flayers. I hope not. He says he knows us. I don't recognize him. I don't know that name. I don't know that face or lack of. He... Who? Wait. No. Surely not. I'm out. I'll be back. It's break time. For me. You guys keep you guys keep playing. I gotta go clean. What did he, what did he spill? He spilled something. He laughed into his cup and he shot tea or whatever it was all over his face. <laughs> Oh, man. Oops. There he goes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> at least it wasn't streamed to the internet where it will exist as a clip for forever. Yeah, at least a room full of people didn't see it live, and then yeah. later they'll see it again, and then hear it. <laughs> Some will hear it. It'll be. It'll, I'm it'll sure be no one will make a gif. Yes, no one would be savage enough to tweet that out. No. Yeah, no. it would never be a gif. It would never be tweeted, and it would never be retweeted after that. That being said, right, guys, I need a full break. <laughs> we just take our ten. Yeah. I still got coffee on my glasses here, and I just I need to wipe it down. This is perfect time okay. as any. Let's All do right. it. Uh, we're gonna take a quick ten. Everybody, uh, come back, and we'll be back. So don't leave anywhere, or don't go anywhere. Chat room. We're not going too far. Neither should you. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back, and we're ready to roll. Okay. My apologies for the outburst. And we are back, and Varel was just in mid-revelation in his mind. Uh, you guys are in Tobacco Fleur's establishment still. The dance floor is going on. Tobacco's dancing, and Badass T has run out of the building, urging you to follow. This is not safe here. Follow. Yeah, I'll follow. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So you follow, and you make your way to the alleyway, the exit. The bodyguard just opens up the door, big orc, he just lets you out. And you walk out into the hallway and you see badass T standing in the street near where the street vendor was for the frog on a stick, but the frog on a stick guy is nowhere to be seen. And he's standing there and he's looking back and you can't, you can't see his mouth. You just see his eyes and they're kind of open and excited and his eyebrows are high up and he's like, he seems really excited for you to follow. Okay. Okay. So you catch up to him. The four of you walk down the street, get close to him and as you do that, another gentleman walks to the circle. Uh, he's got a big metal helmet on and a big suit of plate armor. Nasty looking sword with jagged edges. His armor is silver, but it has these sort of dark black and red patterns on them in the shape of skulls and crosses and pictograms of various kind. And he walks up and he, he looks at you guys and he says, hello there. Yes, I'm hello. The, allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Mangler. All right. Uh, you've perhaps heard of my work. I've mangled a great many throughout Sigil and the Cosmos, and it would seem to me that this bounty upon your former colleague is quite rich. And certainly, if there's that much money to be had, it must be very dangerous. I want to assure you, I'm the best in the business. And I don't think it would be, if it's not too much of an imposition, I think we should collaborate in bringing down this wanted person and split, what, the purse six ways? Still plenty for all of us. I'm very good at mangling. Well, yes, you've uh, made it your moniker. Uh, okay, before you can finish talking, Badass T takes out a machete and stabs him right in the neck where there's an opening in the helmet. Shink! And then blood just fills into the mask. Jeez. And he goes, mangle that! Or you, mangle that! And he just, just takes a knife and the mangler's body's twitching. And you hear the plate mail rattling and he's just like, oh, come on, die! Come on, die! And just uh, stabbing his neck. <laughs> And then Badass T gets up, flips the knife, and the spray of blood goes around. He puts the knife in his holder, and he's like, that's how we do it on Earth. Is it? <laughs> yeah! And then some passersby walk by, and it's the Hive. So 
they're still walking casually by this woman and a man holding hands and they're just watching the death happen without reacting too much uh, at all really they're, they're observing it but they don't seem to be rushing like it's kind of normal in this part of sigil for murders to happen um we've established that so that's you can read that reaction correctly badass t looks at him and goes what what do something about it yeah that's what i thought i thought you were dead where'd you get shoes <laughs> that, that is the truth, and he goes, What? What? Do I know you? Did I see you die? You don't recognize me? You've got a mask on, but your personality hasn't changed, child. I'm not dead. Well, I can see this. Oh, I had the mask on. Hang on, I'll take off the mask. He takes off the mask, and what you see is burnt, charred flesh. Just disgusting, and he has no lips. So you just see gums and teeth. And he goes, is that better? Beautiful. All right. The roll uh, roll um, <laughs> uh, what insight check, please. <laughs> 14. Uh, you're, you're not any more sure about whatever you're thinking right now, which you haven't told me. Nothing. I was supposed to wait till we take you back to tell you. I'm ruining the surprise right now. Yes, you are. He puts his mask back on. He's like, let's go. We have we don't have a lot of time. Turn to Nash and Stanley. Badass T, huh? Follow him. <laughs> 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 All right, so Badest he makes uh, makes down the road. And he says, "We need a rickshaw to get around." You guys see one? Uh, they have them here. You, you want to just hide in the bathroom of a car or something? What? Daryl, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, which which rickshaw? Where? Did you not come with your plan? plan? Uh, I, I do have a plan, just not this part. Just get a rickshaw, or it's a long walk. I forget how big Sigil is. Oh, sorry, Sigil. Sigil. All right. Uh, is the rickshaw that we took still around? Uh, did he drop us off? Uh, he moved on. People tend not to. Rickshaw drivers tend not to hang out in the hive and places because they can get murdered. So they tend to be on the move a lot if they're in this part of town. All right. We'll see what we can find. We, uh, we're actually friends with a good deal of rickshaw drivers. A surprising amount of rickshaw drivers. <laughs> <laughs> the rickshaw guild pays you. <laughs> Split up and look for one. I'm going to go whatever way they're not going and look for a rickshaw driver. Okay. Make perception rolls as you search around the area to try and spot one. A one? I got <laughs> I got a 28. Okay, Nash steps on the bottom of his robe and falls flat on his face as he looks around. I'm sorry, that's a two, um, but uh, still a two. Sorry. 
if it's a nat one, natty one, you <laughs> fall to the ground. Yeah, it's a nat one. <laughs> You're on the ground. Yep. Um, your roll again, Stanley, please. Uh, it was a 28. Okay. Uh, you peer off into the distance and you see one 50 <laughs> blocks away down one of the roads. <laughs> it's pretty far. <laughs> but you see him You see him running down the road. I just imagine Nash. Let's split up. Falls flat on his face and Stanley goes, there's one. <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, down that way. Nash. All right. Okay. Get- I'll get up. Okay. I'll flag it. Nash, haste me. And I'm take position. <laughs> I'll haste him. Should I haste him? I'll haste you. Hold on. Do I really want to burn a slot on hasting you, though? Do you have a slot for haste? I think so. Yeah, let's be nice. Um, let's be nice to have spell slots. You let it be know known that Varel does not understand your spell economy. So expecting <laughs> things that should be easy. Yeah, what a boring conversation. I'll burn one. It's fine. Uh... Third level. Let's see. How does it work? I forget. Concentration up to a minute. Okay. So it just works, Bo. I don't have to do anything as long as he's willing. Yep. It's concentration though, right? Yeah. He seems extremely willing. Yeah, yeah he he's willing. So willing. he just gets haste. All right. You have haste. All right. What One of the benefits is the increased move speed, right? The 10 feet? Yep. 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 Perfect. All right. So uh, his Varel's form begins to like um like just shiver like with heat and he glows a little bit more red and when he moves there's like this little blur and you can already see it when you look, raise your hand up Varel you see your your movements are have this blur quality to them sweet well I move double and then I get an extra action I can also spend to dash right so I move what would that be 80 wait yeah 80 as a barbarian 80 80 80 so, 240? Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> like seconds. a bullet, Morel just begins, <laughs> and there's this blur of red that goes down the streets. And you can just see the streamer of red down the road. Morel, you speed past the buildings. And within 20 seconds, you're on top of this rickshaw driver running beside him. Sir, I require your services. Oh, let me slow down there. <laughs> and he slows down. <laughs> you sure you need my services? You're you're pretty fast yourself there, eh? Thank you. I am speedy, but my friends are weak and feeble. They require to sit in your mobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, one sec. I need a moment. <laughs> okay, I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, hey, where, where do you want me to pick him up? Do you want to hop in? I'll take you to him. Yes. Perfect. All right, so he stopped. Uh, you hop into the rickshaw, and he turns around and begins coming down. He says, say, um, where'd you learn that trick? That'd be a mighty fine trick for a rickshaw, rickshaw driver to know. It takes companions and friendship. Oh, well, I have lots of that, but still can't run fast. And then after this conversation, at that point, you reach the rest of your companions in the square where Tabacho's establishment is. He says, pretty dangerous part of town, eh? You guys guys aren't troublemakers, huh? Bad ST ST just points to the dead body. He says, we're troublemakers. Take us where we need to go, please. (laughs) And he jumps into the rickshaw. 
All right, this should be interesting. Stanley climbs aboard. Yeah, I'll do the same. Squirts does as well. All right, and he says, where to, everyone? Where are we going, well, badass? Tea. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I assume uh, as far away from possible as this incriminating evidence of your friend here. Where are we going, T? Um, one second. Can you take us to... And he opens up this notepad he has in his book, and he's reading it. Yeah. Take us to um, Pinocchio Street, please. What? Very good. And he begins moving, and the rickshaw begins moving briskly up a hill, and uh, you make it sort of the top of this slummed area after a few minutes. Is the ride quiet? Is anyone chatting during the ride? That sounds Chunks like a is no. making little sounds. All right, so the ride is mostly quiet, and um, for whatever's yeah. left of the minute, I sit there kind of fidgeting, quickly moving hands back and forth. Okay, perfect. Um, you leave that area of town, the hive. Eventually, he runs up, and after. It's about a 15-minute ride. He takes you to this um, <clears throat> serene kind of suburban area. You end up all of a sudden noticing there's a lot more trees in this area. The houses have grown larger. Um, there's not really... Most of the places you've been in Sigil have been very urban and very like filled with businesses or activities or guilds and everything's like buildings on top of buildings on top of buildings. So this area is very lush and spacious and you begin to see the people around this area are the nobility that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. They have fine clothing, probably all from Lohar Lohar, if you had to guess, Varel. Uh, they dress rich, they seem rich, and then he runs up to uh, Pinocchio Street, which just looks like any other road. Strange name. Uh, turns left on it, and uh, he looks back at Badass T. He says, um, uh, which street did you want to go to, eh? And Badass T goes, or not street. Sorry, not street. Uh, street number. It's 52. All right. And he runs down the road a little bit farther and brings you to 52. And, and in this area, it's just one-story houses, like bungalow style, um, with these small lawns. They're not still huge places, but comparatively for, for Sigil, these are large lawns um, with houses on them. And there's one that says 52. It's got one floor, and the roof sort of goes in it in a B shape and there's a garage door even um, and like a little stable area where a horse is kind of just hanging out tied to it and um, rickshaw driver says oh there you go you're here thank you what is your fee for this travel that'll be a gold piece please and whatever tip you care to give we live off our tips so tip generously I understand. And I grab three gold pieces for the danger associated with it. Ah, too kind. A gentleman, if I met one. And then the rickshaw driver lets you disembark, and he begins running off. Badass T looks to you, he says, Okay, guys, uh, where we need to go is in here. Um, but this house does not belong to us. The portal's in the basement. So we need to either ask the owners nicely if they'll let us in and use it again, or we sneak in. Uh, use it again? You've uh, used this before? 
uh, when I came here, I used this portal, but I snuck out before anyone saw me. So oh. I do know there is a window in the back of the house, but I see a horse tied up here. Someone might be home. Well, I, kinda, I don't want to have to kill anyone again. Yeah, maybe hold off on the let's just machete somebody while they're in the middle of talking for a moment. Um, Varel, do you have an opinion? Should we sneak in or just try and talk our way through? As much as I would like to dive straight home, I have a feeling we will be using this portal again. If we can do it in good graces, that would be best. I agree. There's a good chance we may need it again. Wouldn't hurt to be friendly with the people that are housed above it. We'll talk to. All right, then. Uh, Stanley, you're the man with the silver tongue, right? You should talk to him. Very well. I'll uh, go up to the door and knock. Okay. Uh, you knock, and then you hear the crashing of pots and pans, <laughs> and then you hear, "That's the minute." And and a minute passes by, and you hear footsteps at the door, and a little old man opens up and goes, "Yes, can I help you?" Do I recognize him? Inside taxi. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this voice before. Nope. It's the frog vendor. 20. You recognize him as the frog on the stick vendor near Tabachos. Good call, uh, Kristen. Nice job. But he doesn't seem to recognize you at all. Goes, yes? Oh. Uh, hello, sir. I actually... We've met before. You are a frog on the stick vendor down in the... Uh, uh -huh. Indeed oh. I am. Indeed I am. Yeah, so we were just actually down there. I didn't see your stand. Have you uh, changed occupations? I took some time off. I, even the frog on a stick vendor needs holidays. Of course, of course they do. Um, well, funny enough, were you aware of the fact that you have a portal in your basement? Ah! No! Well, I have it on good authority that you do. Uh, yeah, uh, you do. I stuck in there last time and came through it. <laughs> well, thank you for informing me of this. Great news. I'll be sure to make a lot of money from this. Well, uh, you know, I think that us bringing you this information might, might give us a bit of a, a finder's fee or a finder's privilege associated with this. I mean, we brought it to your attention. You're, you're about to be a very wealthy business owner uh, on account of myself and my friends here. Maybe we can work a little something out. How does that sound? Well, as you can see, I've already made a killing on Frog and a Stick. Look at the neighborhood I live in. Well... Ma imagine what you're going to be making now. You are the champion yeah. of two enterprises. Yeah. Well, Persuasion roll, please, for I know that you're trying to get a deal going with them. Yeah. 27. Well, it seems to me that it's only fair if I allow you right of way to the portal as the find the fee. I don't see that being a problem as long as nothing illicit is intended on your part. 
Oh no, it actually leads to our home. You're, we're going to be going home. So, you know, we can, of course, go through and, uh, you know, whatever price you feel you want to charge people who pop on through that side, you just let us know. We'll spread the word on our end. How's that sound? Excellent. Oh, this is wonderful. Show me the portal, please. Uh, T, if you will. Oh, yeah, this way. And he walks in, brushes past the, the old man, and he walks in. And he goes, uh, it's in the basement. And he walks down, chunk, 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 into the small little basement. Said, does everyone follow? Yeah. Yeah? Wearily. All right, so this home is very homely. It's very comfortable. There's a wood stove, and there's the pots and pans all over the floor that appeared to have spilled when get knocked. But apart from that, it's very homely, very wonderful, and, you know, a little dusty, but not bad place. Uh, you make your way to the basement, uh, so down these wooden stairs, and there's this cool brick. And in this bottom floor is all kinds of shelves with all kinds of frogs. This little wall-to-wall frog bodies and, like, aquariums filled with living frogs. And then, like, um, these stacks of, like, cool ice where, like, dead frog corpses are kept. And there's, like, a butcher's table where frogs are cut apart. It's a frog mausoleum. <laughs> like, it's a horrifying place where frogs are raised, killed, and packaged for consumption. Um, you know. And then um, Badass T looks around. He points at a wall and he says, there. Uh, there, on that brick wall, you'll, you'll find there's a portal. But you can't just get to it. There's a ritual to be performed. So I'll show you the ritual so that you can use it in the future. And then we can use it now. Well, yeah, we, we should go through now. Oh, you're talking to the frog guy. Never mind. Uh, so, Nash, we can't go through till we do the ritual. Have you been through a portal before? Yes. A couple, okay, of, good. couple of kinds. So who wants to help me with this ritual? Because uh, I'm not the most literate person, and it requires reading. I'll uh, assist with that. Nash does not have a great <laughs> history with opening portals. Okay, so I need one person to eat a dizzle dink and one person to recite uh, this poem called To Earthbound or something like that. I, I can't read very well. Um, but in Dwarvish while standing on their head. I'll eat the twizzle dink. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, does anybody here actually speak Dwarvish? Not me. Squirt. I have the phonetic spelling. Uh, I can give you the phonetic spelling if you can't speak Dwarvish. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, he flips through his notebook and he's like, I have it here somewhere. I don't know. One second. So, Stanley, I'm going to send you a text <clears throat> to read. Uh, you will have to read the text. You won't be able to wave hand this one. So, if that changes okay. your opinion. Let me see what it is first. And you've got to do it while standing on your head, according to Badass T. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Is it bad? It's real bad. Uh, this is how we get to Earth. What's I'm, the fizzle I'm sorry, state? Stanley. I know reciting well, things not in your language is not a preferred thing for you to do. I'm just going to say, I'm honestly, I'm impressed you were able to do this. Oh, you don't need to do this when you're coming through it, just if you're leaving through it. Oh. 
How convenient. Uh, is there an order to which somebody has to stand on their head and read this versus eating the dwizzled dink? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Actually, there's a note in here. Uh, after you say the last word of the poem is when Nash here will have to eat the dizzle dink, and I'll get that for you. And he reaches into his rucksack, and he pulls out a stick <laughs> with with a weird-looking plant on it. It's like a... It's like a um, it's like not lettuce, uh, celery. Okay, but it it has it has like a little bulb on the end, and the kind of, the bulb is heavier, and it kind of <laughs> sways back and forth on the stick. Okay, but it's green. It's completely green. Okay, it looks like a celery. All right, I'm down. How did you learn about this ritual? Well, um, my master told me what to do. This isn't me. All will be revealed soon. He told me to tell you. Okay. Master. <laughs> All right. So, if I've got this right, I'm to stand on my head, read this. At the very end, Nash, you have to eat thing on the stick. Yeah. Unless, unless it's different than that. That's my understanding. All right. Uh, shall we begin? I'm ready. Now, can I, can I hold right. the twizzle stick? I'll need an or? acrobatics check for the handstand. Uh, you'll need to make three as the poem goes on. Okay. Do you want me to so, roll them all up front or roll them as I read? You roll them as you read. So we're going to do three paragraph, three stanzas, then a roll. Three stanzas, then a roll. Then two stanzas, then a roll. Okay. Okay. I'll so stop I... you for the, I'll say roll when, when. It's roll time. Am I starting with a roll to start the handstand? Ye or... Oh, shit. Yeah, never mind then. I miss... I'll i just ping you for the following two. Start with one. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. It's a natural 20 for a 26. Nice. Oh, well, that'll count for that'll count for two stand rolls. So there you go. Well Good form. Yeah. All right. So you, you stand right on your head, and nothing falls magically because you're somehow great like that. And... <laughs> All right. Uh, Stanley looks down at the book and well, begins. You don't have a hand to hold the book, so Badass T actually comes up, picks up the book, and unless you're hand standing with one hand, can you do that? No, I was going to mage hand the book. Oh, I'll let you do the cool thing. I'll shut up. <laughs> that is cool. So, yeah. Uh, so the mage hand carries the book on over, and Stanley looks down and begins to read. Sklajef on eth svor av iom iom jeg glagadi borla az avent dentha seemed avirv kajunketh jeg levad froth wunster dentha trost mik borfa hajeter eth ju af was doth musk. <laughs> <laughs> Borfra Nolathajal on hill on tusk <laughs> Jeg Olen eth swirl as ache Borfra spra avor honeysuckle Denthar Aved Thajare Menthed Hrisur Du Froth eth knob Jeg, oh, this is where you get your free roll. This is your free pass. Okay, so you continue on. Yep. 
it's long. It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's reciting a poem. That's how these things go. Continue. Jeg craved bothen sweets dark ta. Seemed bothen avid jeg of gogan. Eth viljal avor eth araz. Dath av detha stung. Mju atur grijim dark lock salt. Dentha jer ek. The shed heth, oz weariness, oz fault, jeg crave eth stain. Is this the roll? Uh, yeah. Okay. No, after the. Oh, well, you can do it now. Do it now. Let's get it over with. It's uh, eighteen. You're still good. Avor bortablad eth aftermark. Avor nistlik avavir. Kajunkith Sklejef Eth Avor Bitter Adrida Ozberg Clove Ovid Staff Oz Sor Ozmavgor Jeg Oljon Av Utsi Mat Brand Bofra Leaning Froth Doth Vort E Grass Oz Ageth Eth Dothur Jer ek genagan jeg lag rear a gunchal oz gildeth ilv inesta eth ogather eom rough ilv lurlam mat length and then Stanley uh, has the time has the Nash. little mage hand point to Nash. All right, Nash, you're up. I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then okay, I think it's happening. One second, and he turns to look at the wall, and the wall goes whoosh, and a doorway-shaped portal appears, all purple and mystical-looking. And it goes All right, after you, he says to everyone. Varel, you should go first. Just With pleasure, just because you're big and stuff. And as I. I'm about to enter. I lean over to Stanley, who's getting up, and Nash. Watch out for this master. And I'll walk through. Okay. All right. You walk through the portal with a whoosh, and immediately you're in some weird spaceport. Uh, you're not, your brain doesn't comprehend what it is, but you see that there's steel everywhere and ships taking off, like flying down. And there's like people walking around, but everyone here. It's not a diverse crowd. They all look the same. There are these sort of yellow um, like blobs, like, th- like oh, there's a little blob and a medium blob, like a snowman, and they sort of bounce around uh, on the the what would you call it? the dock, if you will. You're just in this open air area, almost no man's sky style, with these little docks, these little ships everywhere. Um, but that's only something you see, Stanley and Nash. Badass T looks too, and he goes, "Let's go. We gotta go." All right. I'll all right. Go. I stopped doing the handstand, uh, retrieve the book, make sure that's covered with me. Mm-hmm. And wait, badass's book? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if he reaches for it, I'll give it to him. He's coming, right? Nah, he doesn't notice. So you can, if you picked up the book, he didn't notice for the moment. All right. Yeah, I'll take the book. Okay. Perfect. So badass's book on in your inventory, and uh, I'll step through. Perfect. Nash? Uh, same. I'll 
I'll walk through. All right. You step through and see the same immediate situation that uh, I described to Varel. And then after you, Badass T uh, walks through. but And his knife is kind of bloody. And the portal closes behind him. Whoa, 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 whoa. His knife is kind of bloody? Yeah, he's like wiping it off on his pants. And then he puts it back in. And he goes, all right, let's go to the next thing. Hold on a second. Did you just kill the frog guy? I'd rather not answer that, Nash. That's, we gotta keep moving. That seems... Uh, that seems... Uh, unnecessary. We can't have any witnesses. The whole world is looking for you. Remember the mangler? They're following us, even now. We have to erase our tracks. So they can't find us. Uh, well, there's a great big track now dead in a basement. All right, see that ship down on, on down the lock? You need to get into it. And he points, and there's this sort of this airship-looking thing, sort of boat. Like, if you want to get back to Earth, the portals don't connect to signal. We'll need to take that to the secondary location I talked to you about. From there, you will be able to travel anywhere. All right. Just uh, get on the get on the ship, please. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah, you proved yourself real trustworthy. All right, and as you look around, you notice that uh, it's very peaceful here, and there are these weird snowmen-looking yellow things just sort of bouncing around, and the ship he's pointed to you is maybe about 100 feet uh, from you. It's a it's a boat. It looks pretty standard, um, airship styles, right? So it has uh, made of wood, has the big engines, looks a lot like Captain Bjart's ship. Um but apart from that, not very distinct. Big sails on it. All right. Walk together. No trouble. Where's Squirts? Squirts is here! Oh. <laughs> okay, no trouble, Squirts. We're walking. So the no six of you. <laughs> Sorry. So the six of you walk down the dock, and um, a plank gets lowered from the top, and there's a little gnome up there that says, Come on in! And, <laughs> and this plank sort of gets, uh, you know, extended down to the dock and Bad ST begins to get uh, onto the ship. He goes, come on, guys, let's go. He gets onto the ship. All, all right. right. So the rest of you follow. If there's no objection, you guys all get on the ship. And uh, he beckons, just said, you know, if you guys want to go downstairs, you can... You can entertain yourselves there. If not, you're welcome to stay on the dock. Uh, the gnome crew that's on here goes, all right, push off! And then the ship just slowly unhinges itself immediately as if it was waiting for you guys right off the dock. And it sort of floats around. And then Badass T looks at the gnome. He says, all right, as we discussed, fire on that portal. And then gnome goes, fire! And then the large rockets like not rockets but cannonballs just like boom, 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 boom. these large clouds of smoke erupt from the side of the ship and begin shooting the portal where he went through and a large column of smoke raises up and immediately you hear and he's like alright it's time to go and the, the gnomes start working furiously all around you guys have nothing to do you're just part of this ride and they're all throwing ropes and setting the sails up and just flying up off the planet and into the atmosphere, into outer space. And then Badass T's like, get the improbability drive going. And the whole crew's like, all right. And then Badass T walks up to the to the, the steering wheel 
and he spins it around, and then the top turns into a joystick, one of the handles, and he clicks the button. Click, and the whole ship goes... And traverses into hyperspace. Uh, We're going to switch now to Hope. Uh, But do we want to take a break before that happens? Or I think I need five before we get to Hope. But okay. Uh, yeah. That's what we're gonna Sounds do. Sounds good. Ah, let's take. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it wow. sounded like a Star Wars like. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's was... going at it. You going at it, chunks? Went down and saw him, and he's just like, "You're back." So let's have a moment of silence for our friend, the fog on a stick vendor. Man, he's in a better place now. That sucks. Does I, suck. Nice vendor. Yeah. And si- of all the Sigil idiots we ran into, he's my favorite because he was nice. Yeah. As we stretched into oblivion, I'd like to imagine Varel screamed, I said no trouble! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so are we uh, all back? Yep. We're good Thank to go you. when you are. Oh, have we started recording? Yeah. Oh, sh- oh yeah. yeah. We um, go. Okay, sorry. All right. I didn't realize. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, all right. So... Purple swirls, blue stars. There's a cloud of smoke. And from this cloud of smoke emerges Hope, walking purposefully through the portal. Hope, as you and your companions and Spatulo walk through the portal back to hell in the Kaiser Casino, you return to that nightclub scene. And it's the nightclub and then the casino kaiser casino is filled with clients uh, patrons as you remember and in the middle of the room you see brett standing there with his white dining jacket and uh, looking you know sharp and tip-top as ever talking to an eight or nine foot tall man made entirely of metal and that metal man turns his face to you and you recognize him immediately as the principal and they look to you. They both look at you, and Brett goes, "You're back already." It wasn't long. Did come, you know? come, come on in. No, did you know? I know a lot. You, you know damn specific. well what I'm talking about. Did you know? <laughs> he looks at the principal. He goes, "Did I know what? That they could find me." Oh shit! Well, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> such a you didn't think that the forces of hell don't have ways of finding people throughout the cosmos quite easily? I'm sorry, I shouldn't say things that way. I actually, what's happened? You've only been gone for I don't know, half a day, maybe. What? Just talk. What? What is? What is he doing here? What? Oh, this. You might, you might know him. You're from the same world. This here is Vladimir. Vladimir? Do you know? He immediately speaks and he goes, yes, I have met. Our two empires have a treaty of peace currently. Oh, you know each other. That's great. Vladimir here was just telling me that uh, he ran into some trouble back home, too principal looks at you and he says yes principal city is under attack by demonic forces unexpectedly i've come here for contingencies 
but I'm shocked to find you here, Hope. Did not take you for a traveler of the cosmos. Oh, I'm very fuming. rarely surprised. I am very rarely surprised, but here we are. Well, uh, there's a bit of tension I can feel, so you know, let's let's talk it out. Let's work together, find a solution to things, so we can move forward. Uh, Hope, how's your uh, how's your friend holding up? Don't don't just don't. Oh, all right. Want to point out, Sterius still has two Tia cleans under each arm <laughs> that he ran through the portal with. Oh, you're holding on to two Tia Kaleen people? Yeah. Okay, so the Minotaur is just standing there with two uh, uh, tieflings that are just dumbfounded and shocked at everything they're seeing right now. Spatula's leaning against the bar. He goes to order a drink. Hopeful and Sterius protect them. Oh, uh, yeah, I, oh, I forgot I had him, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll uh, just set you down there and um, welcome to hell. <laughs> the principal looks to Brett and he looks to open. He says, I demand to know what's going on here. I am the defender of Earth, and it would seem to me, Brett, that you have not told me everything. And Brett looks and he goes, well, some stuff's happened. Um, Hope here, uh, you know, I was somewhat aware of her, but, you know, she did this crazy thing. Uh, you know that, uh, well, there's an artifact that everyone's been talking about trying to get after hope here uh you know got a hold of it and within about two seconds of having it lopped off her arm put that thing on oh, look at it why don't you show that off there hope hope just stands there staring is this true hope says the principal yes then i weep for you for what you have upon your arm will forever change the course of your history. My history was already changed. What is going on? Brett looks around and he goes, okay, okay, look, look, guys. Everyone wants that thing that you put on your, your hand there, Hope, right? It's a great and powerful artifact. And, and as you saw, there was a big war that we were having all across the outer plains in the outland uh you know you had to expect that some people weren't going to just accept that you're the chosen one to be wearing it uh so you know now uh things are changing and people know who you are well, tell me uh fucking uh, great <laughs> <laughs> look look let's have a drink okay you're safe here it's a safe place. Hello is welcome to all. So uh, let's get a drink. Sit down. Principal goes, I do not require drinks. But very well. And I'm like Brett an oil canister. Brett motions to an open area of the nightclub and patrons immediately disappear and it becomes more like a godfather meeting kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Just a quiet, empty restaurant. 
Uh, it's still the same nightclub though, but it's all empty except for there's a wait staff that are that are there, and a waiter comes out and brings drinks, puts them right on the ta- at the table. And the principal pulls out a chair and sits his giant ass down on a tiny little chair at the table, and Brett moves the table, pulls out a seat, and says, "For you, you know, pulls out the chair, gentleman, like for you to sit down, home." Humble, sit down. Okay, and you're seated across from the principal. And then Brett sits on the side between the two of you. And uh, he looks to the, your companion and says, Please, sit by the bar. We'll be with you if we need you. All right. Sterius makes his way over to the bar. All right. Sterius uh, moves there. Uh, Hendrickson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll go there. Unless she wants me to go somewhere else. Mr. No, no, that's for you, but I just want to know if anyone's doing anything different. Dr. Spider? No, I'm just... Come, friends, time for libation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that, the rest of the party moves towards the bar, and it's just a conversation now with the three of you. Uh, Brett looks around uh, at both you and and the principal. He says, okay, so you guys know each other, but you're not on best terms. This isn't, uh, you know, a good guy versus bad guy kind of thing because uh, oop, uh, the Vladimir here is the defender of Earth. And you have an artifact that many would consider to be, well, even the denizens of hell and the abyss and the gray wastes all fear it. One might describe you as heading on a trajectory towards becoming an incarnate of evil. Hope, so that, hope doesn't make any emotion, but inside that's pretty so, freaking cool. Know, maybe we can avoid any conflict and bloodshed between the great forces of Earth by talking it out here. I think you guys should be on the same side. Vladimir looks to you and says, I know little of hope. We've met before and we discussed a treaties between the two people. I allowed them to remain a sovereign state because I felt I could trust in Hope's character. Now I'm not so sure. I think we're a bit beyond this right now. My kingdom was just destroyed. My kingdom as well, Hope, says the principal. Not eight hours ago, a horde of unending number broke the atmosphere. Is that how you say it? Breached the atmosphere and descended upon Principal City. Even now, my people are being raised. I've come here to Brent. As we've previously established some contingencies when you arrived. So what would these contingencies be? And also, why would they attack Principal City? I'm trying to find that out. I take it you don't know, then. 
out, out of game, Kristen's excited principal sitting might have an eyeball. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> no, I don't know anything. Brett says, well, uh, clearly that's not a hundred percent true because we know that you've got that hand and we know that Orcus and his little pals kind of want to get their hands on it. So I think that's been answered now, right? Right, everyone? Mm -hmm. But why Principal City? The hand well, wasn't there. This is more on me than on you guys. You got to understand demons. They don't care. We're sitting here. We're having a conversation. We're expressing feelings. We're going to come to a mutual understanding so that we can work together more effectively. That's the hell way. The demon way is shut up and die. So, you know, if they happen to be going to a planet where they want something, well, they're going to annihilate the planet while they're there. I mean, it's pretty simple. That solves that mystery. So that's it then. Principal looks to you and says, it's not all. That artifact that you're wearing upon your hand. I have been seeking it for some time. The ring? Uh, the hand. Oh, the hand. The voice who speaks to you, Hope. And there's, there's a metallic tint to his voice that I can't do with mine that you hear. Yes. I was seeking this artifact to employ in my defense of our world. But it seems you have it now, and short of killing you, there would be no way for me to make use of it now that you have it. But I don't see this as a loss. You're of Earth. I am of Earth. Perhaps we can join forces in defending it. Is there even an Earth to d defend anymore? I mean, you said it. It's raised. It's gone. Everyone's dying. The kingdoms are destroyed. I've seen the Earth burn once. I have a very good understanding of what it can survive. That's it. We just let it die. No hope. That is not your way to let everything fall apart around you. I have much to show you, says the principal. I think we should combine our might and strike back at our enemies and defend Earth together. Hope will go quiet and look around for the hooded figure. The hooded figure? Oh, yeah. okay. It's nowhere to be seen. Okay. I'll listen to what you're proposing, but no promises. Words may fail to impress upon you, my tale. Let us start from the beginning. And he looks to Brett and he says, show him, show her. 
And Brett goes, all right, he snaps his fingers. And whoosh, the table that you're sitting at immediately is floating in space, in sky, in, in blue sky. And you're floating all around in the sky and it's blue and, and you don't see anything. And all of a sudden you hear a whoosh and a giant space, like a shuttle in, in the Earth's sky flies past you. And wind blows all the drinks off the table. And then as you lower down, you be, the clouds part and you see future Earth. And the principal says, this is the year 2752. A time where humanity has reached so deep into the secrets of the world that they know no rival. And yet they are far removed from the greater reality of creation. And you begin floating around a virtual paradise and as you float around, you begin to see you descend into these megapolis area with these giant tall buildings. And not only tall buildings on the ground, but floating islands with tall buildings on top and tall buildings hanging underneath upside down in this crazy sky. And it begins turning into almost like a Coruscant-like thing. The only difference between Coruscant and this is that you can see trees and greenery. Like there's, there's urban parks. And as you descend lower, you see all kinds of stores, like a sushi store and like you know, some sort of department area and it's all futuristic and sci-fi and, and there's humans walking around happy and you even see a human holding hands with a, a demon and the demon on a leash has a tiefling behind it and they're walking down the road and and um, there's, you know, just everything looks happy and, and beautiful and the principal says for a period of time we knew greatness here but this is earth before the scorching before they came and the table descends down onto future earth and you're now sitting sort of on this weird weird road that you don't quite understand it's got lights and little connectors on it the principal says please look around and uh, the rest of the party you can see this as well your bar is kind of floating off to the side out of view but you are seeing everything as well And as you get up and walk by that couple, there's like it's like a male demon and a female human. And on a leash, the male demon has like a tiefling who's walking by, and the tiefling's got his hands up like this, and he's just kind of hopping behind like a bunny rabbit. But he's a tiefling. That's so weird. Hope we'll go and try and touch the, the tiefling. Turns to you and looks, and he goes, "Hey, hands off my property!" And Hope will back up. Keep walking. And then she'll just look around what kind of people, situations. He says, it is unfortunate how your people were treated, but the demons insisted it be so. And we had little care for your kind at that time. You look around further as he says this, and you see that there's like, looks like some sort of like shop. You see people inside shopping, and all you just see is lights. Bing, 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 bing. Like just it's flashing and crazy. And there's a shop that's really capturing your attention down the road. Cool. Hope we'll go check it out. You walk towards it, and as you get to an area that looks like a door, the door just goes whoosh, opens on its own, and the sounds of float like out from the door. 
I'll pull cautiously walk in. You walk in, and right when you get in, you see like there's this young teenage human male sort of flipping through like what looks to be these square boxes, and he goes, "Oh man, I can't find it." <sighs> flipping through the boxes. Um, excuse me, sir. Do you have a copy of of uh, Shooting Raiders Fifty Two? <laughs> the guy at the counter says, uh, "No, it's on back order. If you want that, I'm going to have to fill out an order form for you." You want me to do that? He goes, yes, please. And he brings up a panel, puts a thumbprint on it, and then some laser shoots into his eyes. And then you hear the human's mouth go, and then he looks and he's like, order placed. And there appears to be this product in these boxes that people are into in this store. Oh, well, the prin- principal's yeah. moved behind you now, and he says, they knew great decadence and luxury here, even enjoying imaginary worlds that they've created with infinite possibilities that not only could they live out their normal lives, but as they sleep, they could live out second lives. I'll believe this store and go looking around at other stores. All right. And as you go to look around at the next door, the sky darkens a bit and you hear principal says behind you today is the day that it happened and a big billboard like a sign shows up on the screen and says citizens of earth get to your homes this is not an emergency we are under attack <laughs> this is it's not an gnomes. emergency <laughs> you didn't say that i just couldn't help it it was um, the gnomes <laughs> we're under attack and then uh, all of a sudden you see like these like weird bird shaped silhouettes in the sky and they get closer and closer. And then uh, the principal looks and says, Brett, bring us closer. And then immediately the three of you begin floating up into the air as you, the sky, the ground beneath you just descends away and you're sort of floating and you begin to see dragons as they pierce through the sky and one flies right at you, breathing fire and you do you recoil or do you bravely? No, she's lost everything. There's, she'll just okay. stand there. You just stand there looking at it, and the fire blows through you, it being an illusion, and the dragon flies through you. Whoosh! And then you turn around and look, and immediately that place where you're standing, this purple fire, purple and green fire, just goes <laughs> and shreds completely, annihilates the street you were just on. <laughs> And everywhere you see dragons are descending and spitting fire and torching the ground. And then finally, relief comes from behind. You see a spaceship flying on a, on a course towards one of the dragons. And the side panels of the spaceship opens up. And these lizard folk with all this armor that you saw in the Cetus, you know, like the, 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 the nano weave suit and the shoulder grappling hooks, they all jump out of the ship and begin firing grappling hooks at dragons. There's 10 of them in this elite death squadron. And the lizard folk all shoom, shoom, hit the dragon, latch onto it, and then pull out their laser swords and begin slicing in midair all the dragons and parts fly off. And then another dragon flies next to it and casts a magic spell. And all of the lizard folk just fall off of this dragon and fall to the earth. And then as that happens, you see this cloud of black. Bamf. And then this warrior just bamfs on top of one of the, the same dragon. And then 
without any weapons, takes his claws and begins clawing scales off of him. And then his teeth turn into vampire teeth. And he goes, ah, bites the vampire. And he begins digging into the vampire, eating him from the inside out. And the dragon's like, ah, and it flies to the ground, blows up. And Principal looks to Breton and says, we've seen enough. Take her to the moment. And then the whole time begins to... And now you're all in this... You're in a room in the CETUS, the Center for Human Demon Interdisciplinary Studies, a room that you had not seen before below ground. And you see a skinny young white male with long kind of hair, and but looking very fragile and frail. And he walks towards a panel... And he's typing. The principal looks to that person and he says, Here's me. Over 1,000 years ago. I think I've aged pretty well. And then as he's typing, a security guard walks in from the back. He says, Sir, do you have clearance to be in here? And the white skinny guy in a lab coat he turns around he goes no i do not i don't have permission to be in here (laughs) 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 but desperate times call for desperate measures (laughs) (laughs) the security guard's like what are you talking about come with me you have to leave sir and then very nervously the little skinny guy takes out his reaches into his pocket and pulls out like this pistol as a revolver. He says, don't come any closer. <laughs> With a Russian accent. Don't come any closer. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how to do that. And then um, and then he, he shoots the, the, the guard immediately. And it hits him right in the neck. And the guy's like, ah, ah, ah. And the, the white male in the lab coat turns around and again begins prepping something on this large console and he presses a button and a large cloud of exhaust, cold exhaust just goes and a chamber opens up with this thing that he can sit in, like lion and he begins getting into it um, and strapping himself in, strapping his legs in his arms in, his face in Uh, but before he does it he clicks a button on a console that he has, like on a some sort of cell phone type thing, maybe he had in his pocket. He, he lifts it, and a, a panel on the other side of the room opens up on a large billboard, and you see that there's like this news report, and it's showing Earth becoming a wasteland. And the news reporter says, "Death counts are in the millions yet again. If you are listening to this broadcast, get to safety." The defenders of Earth are doing everything they can. We just need you to be safe. There are underground shelters for you to go to. If not, consult your local magistrate for directions on how to survive this attack. Humanity will prevail! And there's a sort of like propaganda-ish vibe to it as instructions are being dealt with. And you just hear the young young white male, Vladimir, in a lab coat, and he goes, Fuels. He turns off that screen and he clicks a button and his where he's strapped into just gets moved in to this large device. 
and you hear and then the thing lights up he's missing these this large like blood jar like this huge cylinder of blood begins filling up and there's all these pumps that are pumping the blood and they run into other tubes and soon all these clear tubes that were all throughout the room begin filling up with blood and the blood's kind of glowing and the principal looks and says that's enough of this let's move on to the next thing and this this immediate scene just goes and then you sort of it's almost like you're being sucked back into the sky through the ground and you see the facility from the ground that he's in where the Cetus is, where Kervalon is. You see this castle. It's lush and green, but everywhere around it's burning. And as you move up, uh, you see that an explosion erupts from the location. <laughs> purple, turning the land completely purple, providing you with some sort of explanation as to why the Daemon Vold is purple. And you move up, and eventually the illusion dissipates. And then you sit across back at the table. You're, as if you never left, you're back at the table with the principal. She said I've, millions were dead again. How many times does this happen? The scorching happened once, but it annihilated billions. The death count was millions per day. But the final toll is a number of that's not even knowable. I have remained here on Earth these past centuries, a millennia now, defending it from those who would wish it harm. I do what others will not do. Are you such a person, Hope, that you'll do what it takes Hope will look at her hand and look back up at the principal and go, I think we all know the answer to that. Good. Then there's one thing that we must establish that I must, that you must know about me. And if you can look past that, then we'll be able to work together. One more illusion, Brett. Brett goes, sure thing. Snaps his fingers and whoosh. You're in this large, cold facility. Cement con or concrete on the ground. And these large cylindrical pillars are everywhere. And they have these glowing pods in them. The principal's there with you. And he walks around as if he's very familiar with this place. And he says, You must understand, Hope, that I too have power. I have the power to cheat death. Most throughout the cosmos who've achieved this power have done so at the blessing or curse of a god or power with whom you are by now familiar with and know are very real. No more of this atheism nonsense that Earth was known for. But my power does not come from a god. It comes from the brilliance of humanity mastering the universe around it. 
I introduce you to the Lich Project. Hopeful look around, try and make sense of where they're standing. Because I cannot harness the power of a god yet. I must harness the power of mortality. True mortal souls. He walks up to a vat, and he flips a button on it, and the, the covering slides open. He reaches his me big metal hand in, and he pulls out, grabbing it by the back of his neck, a pod person. So it's a human being, but the skin is pretty much translucent. It has no legs, no arms, no genitals. There's a pee hole, though, that you can see. There's It has a, it has a mouth where food can put put in, but no nose, no eyes. This here is a living human in pod form without all of the things to cause me trouble. And he places it gently back in. They are grown quickly to maturation and they are fed into the machine that sustains my life. 100 of these a day is the cost to continue my life. We've become very efficient at this. We grow these pod people, and when they expire and their souls are spent, we process them back into food to feed the next generation of pod people. And we must do this every day. So there are 100,000 different flights of pod people at any given moment. Where do you grow these from? We grow them from a gene pool. We'll just shake her head and look around. Many would be horrified to learn the truth of my power. You are one of few who know this. But now that the worst of my secrets is known to you, do you still wish to work with me? Hovel, take a breath and look around and think for a second. And then grim resolve will fade over her face and she'll give a steely look to the principal and nod. Very good. Matt Brent gets up and goes, that's great. Awesome. All right. Poof, and the illusion disappears completely. I knew that I could get you guys talking. I mean, you're from the same world. You have a lot of common interests. I mean, the principal's power is pretty awesome, right? Sorry. Swearing. I know. He <laughs> takes out a gold piece, flips it into a swear jar. Uh, that's on the counter. <laughs> He's The principal's pretty spectacular uh, guy. And uh, you know what, Hope? I think you're pretty spectacular, too. I got to say, it takes a lot of cojones, right, to just chop off your arm as soon as you get the thing. And, you know, like, I'm... I'm impressed. I think you hold a record for that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyways, I'm glad you guys are chatting. Uh, yeah, so that's great. Here's Brett bringing people together. He's very satisfied with himself. I hope we'll look back at the three at the bar. What are they up to? Uh, Sirius is just leaning against the bar, looking at the other two, taking a drink. 
enjoying the libations, as Dr. Spider put it. I just sit there. I just stand hunched over and go... That's all I do. I don't say anything to anybody. Just ragged breath. Dr. Spider is cooing and petting the container with the child floating inside of it going, Oh, there you go. There you go. Humble then uh, turn to Brett and uh, motion with her head. And these three come along still. Brett says, you're going to need muscle. And the principal looks to you and says, yes, where you're going, you will need muscle. I'm required on Earth, but where you will be going will be much more dangerous. And where am I going and why? Now that you've begun this journey with this voice, this keeper of secrets. He is perhaps not yet revealed to you this information that I will. There's a second artifact. This entity that you carry with you. It is not a god, and yet it both is a god and not. It's a god of secrets. You will never know everything there is to know. You will always be a pawn in his agenda. And if you wish to fulfill the destiny that he set before you, you will seek out the eye of the voice. I haven't been able to locate it myself yet, Hope. But I know someone who can. Perhaps you would like to speak to them personally. Yes. Seek out Tobacco Fleur. Do you know this person? Hope will take a deep breath and sigh. He's indirectly responsible for what just happened. Yes, I know him. Speak with Tobacco. That is where your path lay. Brett says... Sweet! Now you guys are getting along and you know what to do next. That sounds like I was pretty helpful. So just want to say it wasn't very cool for you to take a gate through back here and start accusing me right the second you walk in, all right? I've been trying to help you, Hope. Cool, and he puts out his hand. Shake on it. No deals. <laughs> Not a deal. It's just we're shaking on mutual respect. That's the no deal. Shaking. I respect I get it. I, I deserve that. Sure. <laughs> okay. But we're cool? Yeah. All right, then. And there's a loud sigh from the bar, and Spatulo sort of swirls his drink and goes, where to next? 
But and why would I bring you anywhere? Not in front of them. If you want to talk to me, you come talk to me. Privately. So, I mean, so, so then next, what, the, the three of you, we're going to have a private conversation as well, right? So everyone's going to have a private conversation. Spatula doesn't like your attitude. He kicks one of the stools from the bar and he stands up, puts his hand on his belt and he says, his, his teeth, which are golden and have the little skulls on them. You can see them quite clear. He says, it was my destiny to take that hand. And it still will be my destiny. I don't think it will be. Uh, guys, uh, you... you said I was going to need some muscle, yeah? Uh, Sirius is going to grab the sword and attack Spatulo. Whoa. Oh, right away? Going right for it. Not, a, not another <laughs> word. Attack roll, please. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's going to be a 23 to hit. Okay, roll damage dice. Uh, that's going to be 11. Alright, so you swing, and Spatulo, with his quick apparently roguelike reflexes, steps to the side. He still gets cut, and you still hit and do the 11 points of damage, but you, your sword is so massive that if he didn't do that, it would just split him in half. So he avoids death by missing, and then there's a large scar as it cuts across his face, and and he doesn't feel it for a second. There's just this large cut. And, he's, and then he begins to feel it. And he goes, oh. And he stands there sort of in shock. Does anyone do any? He's in a shock moment right now. Can I take my second attack? You can. All right, let's do that. Uh, that's going to be a 25 to hit. All right, roll your damage dice. Uh, 10 damage on that one. All right, 10 damage on him. And this one hurts. This one connects. Another slice on him. And he goes, wait, wait. No, don't don't harm me. No. Finish him and off. Blood scum no, Hendrickson. No. He, gets, he, he oh. runs to his knees and he, he puts his hands up like this. And he goes, oh, please. I, I, I was mistaken. No, is I, he close I, enough to me for me to slap him? Yes. Okay, I slap him. All right, you slap him. And he slaps it. And he goes, I'm sorry, please don't, don't, don't kill me. Hope will slow back I away and look to Harley Canary and Dr. I know Kubacho's secret. I'm coming over there, not saying a word, pulling back my bow, point blank to his head. And I'll say, your final words now. I know Kubacho's weakness. Kill him. I fire. I let loose. Now, wait. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Everybody hold. The man clearly is in distress. He has a functional liver for sale. And we could extract his brain. <laughs> so, Please would you hope. like the final? I beg mercy. I was wrong. I see that now. I no, was wrong. you cannot be trusted. Dr. Spider, no, what do you suggest I we do? I He's throw not myself coming with at us. I don't care. I suggest we put his brain in a jar for ex experimentation and we remove whatever information he has about Tabacho. So how do we do that? Well, first we put his brain in a jar. How do we get his brain out of his body <laughs> to put in the jar? We put an arrow through his brain. 
That is not how it works, Mr. Henderson. We go to my laboratory, where my lovely assistant will remove his brain, and we will ask it questions. When you're done mm. with the brain, can I, I know put who this an assistant is immediately? <laughs> can I can I fire an arrow through the brain once it's out and done? Once it is of no more use, you may fire an arrow through its brain. <laughs> I gotta tell you, this seems like a lot of extra steps to get a brain. You want a brain? I'll get you a brain. I think you need. Wait, it. please hope. I beg you, I was wrong. I was wrong. I Siri. see that now, please. Shut up. Sirius, would you like to carry him? And we'll head to Dr. Spider's lab before we take off. Uh, sure, but uh, you want the whole him or just like the head him? Uh, spider? The whole him would be preferable, yes. <laughs> All right, Sirius puts the big old sword on his back. All right, you come along. And he comes over and grabs wait, him. Wait, uh, no, yeah, I, 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 wait. No, no. Wait, no. Hold, please. <laughs> Can I get a gag roll, please? A gag roll. Oh, what would that be? Who's gagging? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sterius has got him, like, wrapped up right now, or is going to try. Yeah, you would succeed on grapple. He's completely throwing yourself at everyone's mercy. All right, yeah, Sterius just has him tucked under an arm right now. And so. uh, Brett, uh, you look over, if anyone's looking over at Brett, uh, popcorn magically appears in his hands, and he starts eating popcorn. Fantastic. <laughs> He's an agent of chaos, this Brett. I'll finally All right, put my... I, uh, I got him. What do we... What What's next for him? All right, Dr. Spider, lead to your lab. Right this way, my friends. And I will lead them to my quarters in hell. <laughs> oh, so you have quarters in hell? Perfect. And, uh, shit, I should have thought this. I'm not sure how the transit system works in hell. Um... <laughs> and we got picked up by a car, so, or like a taxi, right? Right, there's a valet out front for sure. Let's see. Yeah, is there? Do you have a do you have a way to teleport there while within hell? As you know, I didn't really think of your lab. Is there? Do you have a shortcut? I don't. Kyle, I do not. We can say it is in the spider quarters. Okay, that works for me. Um, yeah. Oh, but you you do have a means of getting around. Hope remember. Yeah, yeah, but I have no idea what it looks like or anything. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and I think that's traveled between planes, not on the same plane. I don't know exactly how that works. I can't remember what I wrote on the ring. Or it might just be the gate spell, and the gate spell is for traversal to other realms. It's not teleport, if I'm mistaken. Okay, let's look it up. We're spending enough time chewing on it. <laughs> now, let's see here. The characters. Uh, let's pick Hope, right? There we go. Yeah, and it says gate of. So, equipment, and we have the hollow ring. A ring has one charge. Oh, it only has one charge. I forgot about that. I have it's to do an evil act to recharge it. Okay. Oh, that should oh, maybe be that's hard. Not a, maybe it's not a good an option then. Never mind. I forgot about all the rules about that. Okay. And you just used it. It has one charge. You just used it to come here. So, yeah. Uh, Brett says, uh, I see you guys are having difficulty, and I, I kind of want to see what happens. You guys mind if I tag along? 
Always a pleasure to have your company, sir. Perfect. Let's head to your quarters now. Uh, everyone, uh, sit tight. Snaps his fingers, and boom, you're in the spider quarters of hell. Uh, in your lab, uh, Dr. Spider, what does your lab look like? All right, it's a large room, and in the middle is a vat filled with golden liquid, uh, large machinery all towards the bottom, and a bed laying next to it. Uh, all of it is rather covered in spider webs, and parts of it are rusted, but there's a nice pristine kind of in a beam of light, uh, one of those medical tables with all the little instruments upon it. Perfect. And I'm grabbing the spell. Okay. As I enter, I snap my fingers and cast Unseen Servant, uh, where which an invisible force picks up a nurse's hat off the table and places it upon its head, and the hat bustles over. Okay, so it's just a floating hat that everyone else sees. It's a floating hat. But Unseen Servant obviously can manipulate and be a servant. Yes. Okay, so so a hat (laughs) appears and floats next to the Dr. Spider. My associate, if you could, upon the table, please. All right, Sterius drags him over to the over to the table, flops him down. His um, eyes are wide. I might give you a little bop just to keep you passing. There's no bop needed. His brain is <laughs> the. He's getting a Wait. bop right on the head. You're ignoring Doctor Spider's doctorly yep. instructions. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Attack roll, please. Uh, okay, you're, just, you're trying to it, knock him out. No, just uh, just to shock the system is the intent. Okay, uh, gotcha. just to sort of like you know make yeah, him pass. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's a twenty-three to hit. To hit, because uh, it's a bop. It's a one plus your strength modifier. That's five. Okay, so you bop him, and he hits his head on the back, and he seems a little dazed. His eyes are wide, and he's still panicky, but he can't leave your grasp right now. And certainly he's got nowhere to go in the spider's quarters of hell. Nurse Wilkins, if you could please fetch the jar. Yes, the good jar. Thank you. Ah, and for you, what was your name? You're talking to the the subject? (laughs) Mr. Sirius, if you would please unhand. No, he uses magic. His name is Spatulo. Very good, Spatulo. Uh, hang on, let me deposit the star child. And I walk over to the machine and insert the VAT device from the back of my gun, and it sort of... <laughs> and the child is now floating around in the big VAT. <laughs> okay, there's a baby floating around. Perfect. And I cast Mental Prison on Spatulo. Mental prison. Okay, new spell alert. New spell alert. You attempt to bind a creature with an illusionary cell that only it perceives. One creature you can see within range must make an intelligence saving throw. The target succeeds automatically if they're immune to being charmed. On a successful save, the target takes 5d10 psychic damage and the spell ends. On a failed save, the target takes 5d10 psychic damage and you make the area immediately around the target space appear dangerous in some way. You may cause the target to perceive itself to be surrounded by fire, floating razors, hideous maws filled with dripping teeth. Whatever form of illusion it takes, the target can't see or hear anything beyond it and is restrained. Okay. Uh, what's, which, which saving throw was it again, please? 
Intelligence 16. Intelligence 16. Okay, so that's a save. Oh, well, he takes 5d10 psychic damage. Okay, roll that up. Oh, can I use the fancy noose? Not on spells. Okay. So, 41 points of psychic damage. Okay, is this non-lethal? Can you do that with a spell? No, it, it, would, it would be very lethal. <laughs> okay, so Spatulo struggling on the table, uh, trying to you know plead with hope and has the gag in and doing You cast the spell, and immediately his eyes goes... Uh, do you know what kind of prison you were conjuring for him, or is it each, to each person they create their own prison? Uh, the table sort of comes alive, and all the the belts and lashings spring to life and swing around the person, locking them to it. Okay, so he, he's like he's screaming, and his screaming becoming shrill, and like like um, like he's fighting for his life. So the scream, his screams and yells change from begging and manipulation to literal fear. And he goes, and his nose begins building, bleeding, and his eyes roll up to the back of the head, and he expires on the table. As it's going, I'm going, this is all part of the process. Uh, Doc, I gotta tell you, I think I bopped him too hard. He is expiring on his own time. Give the man a moment. Is it time for me to fire an arrow through his brain? No, oh, sir. Okay, fine. That will come after the extraction. All right. Ah. Yes, he appears to be dead. Excellent. Extract the brain, if you will, Miss Wilkins. <laughs> okay. I'm and with the help of ghostly gaze. I activate my, my warlock eyeballs. To be able to see through solid objects with dark vision at a range of up to 30 feet, so I can perform the surgery and remove the brain. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> so you're ghostly gazing into his brain, so you have x-ray view of his anatomy. And so um, well, Miss Wilkins is going to perform the surgery though. Like, how are you assisting? Yeah, so I'm I'm doing the cutting, she's going to do the removing, but as I perform the cuts, I instruct if she would please give me the good stuff. And she heads over to the corner and, and picks up a little needle and drops it on an old record and goes, oh, give him the old razzle dazzle, razzle dazzle. Um. I get to leave. All right. Uh, so, everyone, how long does the process of brain extraction take? Uh, Five it takes minutes? A, a good half hour. We're doing it right. Okay. Well. So 30 minutes goes by. Um, I don't know who's gotten bored by this time. Brett's still eating his popcorn. The principal appears to be motionless, almost as if inanimate um, the entire time. Uh, I don't know what Blood Skunk's going to do with 30 minutes of boredom. He's just going to, he's, he's but... gripping his bow really tight, breathing very raggedly and staring at the body as the extraction happens, knowing that at the end of this, he'll get to fire an arrow through its brain. Okay, Mysterious, are you good? Sirius is uh, like kind of just chuckling to himself, just kind of because in his eyes, he could have done this faster. 
<laughs> okay, makes sense. And I assume Hope is looking on with purposeful, with just purpose, right? So as long as it takes. So Kyle, we get to the end of 30 minutes and the brain, I imagine, makes a satisfying. Yep, as and it's... as it slides out to avoid infection, the unseen servant grabs the brain and slips it in the jar, which is full of the same sort of yellow preservative that the star child is floating in nearby, who giggles and coos occasionally during this. Excellent. Perfect. Take it over to a shelf, sort of put it up, lock it in with a twist, and there's a small speaker in front, and I give it a little knock. And as a at will, I can cast Whisper of the Grave, and the voice of Spachulu remove, uh, comes out of the speaker. Okay, are there any stipulations about Whispers to the Grave? I, I'm also unfamiliar with that spell. So is it just you can talk to the dead pretty much? Uh, yes. Looks like the, I clicked the wrong thing. Hang on. Uh, this is Dr. Uh, Strange. It her. is the special warlock version of Necromancy Speak with Dead. Oh, it's your it's pa um, Pact Magic? Exactly. Okay, sorry. Just Ghostly Gaze. Once per short rest. That's nice. That's Ghostly Gaze. Sorry, it's Whispers of the Grave. Oh, it's as simple as that. You can cast Speak with Dead at will, and Speak with Dead is... We're supposed to have a mouth. It says the corpse must still have a mouth, but that's what the speaker's for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You thought of everything. <laughs> okay. This is the this is the five question deal. We've done this one before. Exactly. All right. I know what I need to do. You hear a voice going on the speaker. He is prepared, my friends. Do as you will. Hope, and I bow and walk back. Where am I? You're on the speakerphone. He said you knew Tabacho's secrets. What are they? Uh, the guy who. I'm said very that sorry about that, well. Hope. Let me. And I banged the speaker a little bit to get it speaking uh, clear. Uh, <laughs> it was a lie. So you know nothing about Tobacco. I know some things about Tobacco, but nothing important. Well, just for the hell of it, what do you know about him? I know that he is jealous of the Lady of Pain. And as much as he works to respect her power, he wants it for himself. Anyone else have any questions? Then uh, the arrow, if we please. Oh, bring me back. I promise I won't fail you. Bloodscott Hendrickson. Oh, not at the Harley Canary. Yeah, I Bloodscott Hendrickson will march forward with purpose and at pace, lift the arrow, bring it level with the table, and fire it into the head 
of this guy. All right, make an attack roll, please. Please, going... please be a 20 or a 1. Please be a 20 or a 1. Please be a 20 or a 1. Here we go. That would be an 18. All right, the arrow fires out, breaks the glass, and pierces the brain. And there's a moment of silence and a little on the speaker, uh, but it still remains connected. And you eventually hear, please come through the speaker still. All right. Blood skunk experiences a full body shiver and then walks away. If I may hope, three questions left on a dead man is a very valuable tool. Might I do as I will? Please. Thank you. Nurse, please take him to the back room with the others. Thank you all. Ah, the, if anyone would like a part in the organ exchange to later, I will be sure to reveal the gold prices of his various goods. So we'll wait until this is done before heading to Tabacho's. <clears throat> Brett uh, throws the empty bag of popcorn on the ground, wipes his hands, he goes, well, that was interesting. I didn't know uh, spiders could be doctors and perform lobotomies and such. Pretty cool. Keep up the good work, Dr. Spider. Um, so you, I've, <laughs> I've got... <laughs> I've got some other business to attend to, as interesting as it is. I really want to find out what ends up happening with your investigation, Hope. So keep me posted. But um, uh, I've got some other stuff I need to do. So now that you guys are speaking, now before I go, do you need me to drop you anywhere? To Bacho's. We need to get there. Ah, hmm. Powers aren't allowed in Sigil. Oh, so can't help you with that one, but maybe some other place you want to go? Hmm? No, I think we have to wait for the organs to finish up. Oh, yeah, oh really? What's he doing with the organs? Something about gold. Hmm. All right. Well, um, okay then. And he disappears. The principal looks and he says, we should have accepted a transport somewhere. You have a means to return. I have the ring. I'm pretty sure I've done some evil stuff already. Oh, wait. I know how to get back myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Strange. I think I need some freshening up soon. Now, if quick question before you leave. Once I find out where the eye is, it's just a matter of procuring it. <laughs> Not simple, I'm sure. The entire armies of all creation were fighting over the hand that you now wear. I assume the same, if not even greater, energy will be applied to the collection of this artifact. It will not be easy. I would offer you resources from Principal City, but there may not be one left. Yeah. Still, I have many contingencies. So once you've spoken to Tobacco, return to Earth 
in a place called the Carve Vatican. What did I call it on the map? Carve Vatican? Carve Vatican? Carvudican. I think that's it. Just think of Earth and think of mountains and say the word Carvudican when you use that item of yours. We'll take you there. Got it. I'll be off. Best of fortunes in your travel. And with that, one of the, remember now, the principal, not only in addition to being a large metal man, has ten rings, and he lifts up one of the rings, uh, and the gem, red gem glows, and then flickers, and he's gone, as if he was never there. Uh, say, they hope, um, <clears throat> I gotta be honest about something. I have already lost the two, uh, from the city. <laughs> I think I may have left them back with the boss. Or they could be running around here. I don't know, but uh, that's my bad. I kind of let them get out of my sight. I was busy with other things. It's all right. What were they going to go back to anyway? And they can't exactly come with us. I'm sure they'll like it. It's uh, it's a, it's a good place, um, you know. They'll maybe they'll gamble a little. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll get a little drunk, and hope we'll start looking around at all the different things on the walls, all the weird stuff. So, do you all have your own places here in hell, like Doctor Spider has this? I mean, I, it's nothing to brag about. I got my own place, you know. We got a we got a pretty good gig working for Brett. He uh, pays pretty well. We got a good job. So when did you start working for him? Um, oh, I don't know. Time's a weird thing in hell. You know what I mean? It's uh, kind of just do this, do that. But, uh... He's a, he's a boss, like any other. Yeah, what other bosses have you had? Him. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hendrickson? I live upside down. <laughs> In an old church. <laughs> Again with the churches. <laughs> I... I don't go there often, but when I do, I hang from the ceiling. I have yes. no I have no boss. I only have those who pay me to make my target. That's it. No boss. Only targets. We need to ask Scott more questions as Blood Skunk. That's one thing is clear. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Spider, you ready? Sorry, uh, hang on. I'm uh, medicine 17 on the liver. Okay, so what were you trying to do? Is it, uh, is it alcohol free? Is it good? Is it. Uh, 
uncorrupted? It's used. Definitely alcohol in the liver. Ah. And you hear a clink in a bin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The gallbladder, you surely... All right. Do you want to do just a general medicine and I'll tell you what pieces are good? Or do you want to do this one by one? Because it is funny. <laughs> no. Uh, what What do I find that's good? I, just, I feel a little bad because I see you struggling with baby duty as well as this. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, ah, that was the kidney. You know? <laughs> uh, t- 24 for valuable organs. Okay, perfect. Okay, so you find the following valuable organs. Um, Spatulo's lungs are immaculate was not a smoker of any kind it seems he was uh his good lungs um he also has very fit muscles they're lean his roguelike reactive muscles so they could be preserved and saved for building some kind of flesh golem or something pretty good stuff on the muscles front um his brain as well uh i mean there's an arrow in it now but it's it's shown remarkable resiliency and uh, there seems to be something to his intelligence that means his brain might still be worth saving for leftover parts um as well is um he has a pretty uh he's pretty well endowed I don't know if that matters to you or not, if you can make use of that. but Lovely gonads, yes. <laughs> My friends, if you please. And I, uh, a, a spidery hand, a long-fingered hand unfolds with five gold peaches, pieces for each of you. Gold peaches? That'd be awesome, but I'll take uh, the pieces. It was uh, the gonads on the brain, pardon me. <laughs> I'll, I'll extend my bony hand toward him and take it. You're cut serious. Well, not bad. Not bad for a guy. Uh, like this little weak guy. Even the weak can have excellent insides, Mr. Sterius. Hope, do you partake in gold or have you transcended? I'll partake, but I'll Very let you know. Very good. Milkins, we're heading out. Lock up. All right, the floating hat begins closing medicine cabinets and cleaning up the blood that's on the table from Spatulo getting his face punched and being horrifically killed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so where to? Um, uh, I mean, you know what? Let's go with this bad guy thing. We don't need to hide appearances or anything like that. So. Assuming killing Spatulo is pretty evil, even though he's begging for his life, I'm going to assume the ring has a charge in it. Uh, you feel a warmth. The ring doesn't really have a visual indicator, but it does feel warm. It goes from warm to cold, and you imagine that when it's warm, uh, it's what it is. Except it's not comforting because you can't feel warmth, can you? No. No. So the only reason you feel it is that you can smell your flesh burning a little bit as it sizzles the skin. Oh, damn. That's pretty gnarly. Uh, Cool. Uh, Well, then in that case, Hope will imagine Tabacho's main room. Okay, so you'd like to teleport into Sigil. If it works. Do we come with? How does it work? Yeah, she opens, she summons a gate. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. All right, so you are we locked in? Final answer, kind of thing. You're going to do it. Yeah. 
All right, so whoosh, a large circular gate of smoke appears. And there's um, there's purple and blue mist. And you wait a minute to see if you can trust this portal. And as the smoke clears away, there's sort of a shimmering water-like texture to the portal. Like you're going to jump into a lake. And you see on the other side the streets of Sigil. Shimmering. This is the first time you've been able to look at a portal and see through it. Cool. Well, she'll nod to the three and we'll walk through. I grab my uh, containment unit and and the Star Child back into my Series X Radiant Launcher and proceed through. Okay. Blood Skunk? Same. I will Serious? walk through. Yep. All right, the four of you uh, walk through the portal and emerge on the streets of Sigil. And as soon as you look up, you can see the city overhead and the city in 360 degrees of vision. Anywhere you look, there is city everywhere and the bustling but medieval stylings of Sigil and the smells of blacksmith smoke and, and you know, poo because they don't really have plumbing you know, all enters your nose. Now we're going to move back to our original, or not original, but we're going to move back to good team Oh, for oh. a few more minutes before the show ends. All right. Awesome. Moving them back. So reality stretches and then lurches and pulls and then and then you're floating in space aboard the deck of this airship and you look all around in every direction and you're in outer space. But it's not like the night sky you're used to seeing um, on Earth. The space here is green and yellow and looks like disease. Everything is just, there's little little red nebulas and things sort of moving all about. But there's still stars that you can see. And there's one cosmic object within your field of vision that even you can see through the nebulas of this green place. It looks like there are these two asteroids that have smashed together and floating together. And atop the two asteroids is a tower. And I'm going to try... I have a bunch of stuff on my notepad, so I'm going to try and show you this without showing you the rest of what's here. But that's kind of what the tower looks like. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> a... That's a... So uh-huh. standing, where the, standing where the two asteroids are connecting uh-huh. is a tower... And sure. then just in front of it, there appears to be this bridge out into outer space and a ledge floating in outer space. Yeah. And the airship, uh, the airship slowly, uh, you know, moves to a speed like a, like an impulse speed, and then quickly docks onto the side of it. Now, the most peculiar thing, Stanley, is facing you in the center of this platform that is evidently a dock for airships, right? But it's hanging off. It's not on the asteroid. It's like it's like a bridge out in outer space with a platform out in outer space. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a statue of Stanley standing like 30 feet tall in the center of it. And at the bottom of it, in large and blazing letters, it says, Stanley Airport. <laughs> you're, the, yes. you're, the, you're the penis, Stanley. You hear, you hear shouting up from the top, uh, badass. He's like, and then you're going to have questions. I've sworn not to say anything. So let's just go in, okay? We're going to the tower up over there. Uh, you're absolutely right. I do have questions. <laughs> Save them for my master, okay? 
Oh my goodness. I'm going to throw out Toby. I'm throwing it out. <laughs> All right. So um, the ship docks and the, the plank is uh, now attached to the to the, the platform. Platform's the word I'm looking for. So, you know, platform. And, yeah. And Badass T jumps down. He's like, all right. All right. The gnomes are going to take care of it. So come up with me to the tower. And you see attached to the two asteroids is a really, really tall tower that's leaning crooked, like to the left, like a leaning tower of Pisa style. Um, but it all medieval looking. And he begins running to the bridge that leads to the two connected asteroids and to the tower entrance. Uh, you get a closer look at the tower entrance and you see that there's windows everywhere on it, but most peculiarly on the ground floor, the door has a big skull with large glowing eyes and teeth, and you have to enter into the tower through the skull's mouth. He begins taking off uh, towards the tower, and he's out of earshot, unless you yell really loud. Almost like a dog that's happy to be home. He's like making for the tower, you know, just running after it. This is extremely strange. Why are you so big? Honestly, I have no idea. I've never been here. I don't know how they got a statue of me. I don't know what any of this is. Stanley, you're popular here. This is great. Nash, I'm popular everywhere. Well, not as popular. Nobody ever made a giant penis between two giant nuts and said, hey, it's Stanley before. <laughs> this is the first time. <laughs> Uh, this is a I big give you deal for for finishing the sentence and making it through all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. All right, I follow in. All right, so the party follows up the bridge, and you see that for some reason you're breathing air, even though you're in outer space, and you have some notion that it's hostile out here, so it makes no sense. Uh, you walk across the bridge and onto the the ground of the um of the uh asteroid and you see that the ground kind of has this give like it's a little spongy Just unusual characteristic it looks like sand it doesn't look like flesh or anything weird like that yeah you know with nash's reference to balls hanging lingering in your mind you're worried um <laughs> but it, it doesn't look like appear to be a giant gonads it's indeed some kind of weird space rock it just has a lot of give and very sandy and you notice um <clears throat> To the right on on one of the asteroids, there appears to be this like flat but very wide facility building, um, maybe about two floors tall. And as you get close to the entrance of the skull mouth of the tower, uh, Badass T looks over there and goes, oh, that's the hamburger factory over there. I can give you a tour of it later if you want. But anyways, this we should get inside. Has a airport, a tower, and a hamburger factory? My master likes hamburgers, and he tried to make it a thing in Sigil, but we didn't really make too much money. But we're still producing the hamburgers because we employ a lot of people, and my master would feel too bad making them lose their jobs. Yeah, so, you know. But yeah, you make hamburgers. Do you know what hamburger is? Let's meet your master. Alright. And he opens up the door. Doesn't appear to be locked or anything. He just waltzes right in. And as he waltzes right in, clearly the tower on the inside does not conform to the physics of the real world outside because you enter into this large chamber just immediately right there. Boom. Uh, you're inside this large chamber. And uh, as you enter in, leaving the door ajar, you see that around the room are 12 different little pedestals. Okay. And towards the back, there are two doors that appear to exit to stairs that lead higher up. But... And most importantly, the strangest feature of this room 
is a 50 40 is a massive on the far wall a massive stone carving of nash maggard of the solar Minds' face on the wall replete with a grungy eye and looking at the wall and he's like he looks at you nash he goes junior you finally made it Wait, a giant statue face talked, said? It's a face in the wall. Like, think Labyrinth style, like a face in the wall. Oh, wow. Of, of your face, Nash. And he says, Junior, I'm glad you made it. I'll go, Stanley, mine talks. Uh, I'll go, um, wait, what is this? Who, who are you? What do you mean, Junior? And that's where we ended this week. <laughs> 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 ah, I love it. All right. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, there you go, folks. Try to wrap your heads around that. I don't think you can. Uh, but we'll be back next week to explore it more. Well done, Bo. Also, mm-hmm. quick note, we're uh, we're going to do a bonus show after this today, which means those of you who support us as a patron uh, over there at uh, our website, over at therewillbedungeons.com. If you are a Dungeon Plus member, that means you'll be getting a bonus show today along with this episode. So if you're hearing this going, oh, man, I want one of those, sign up over at therewillbedungeons.com. And there's all kinds of cool levels and stuff, but anybody, no matter what level you are, gets the bonus show every month. So go check that out. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Do you guys any parting thoughts, Bo? Anything? Great we should, game, uh, you guys. You're amazing. And it was such a pleasure to play with all of you today. Yeah, it was that's really a- fun. As always. It's always fun. Are you kidding me? We are never not having a good time. We're always having a good time. And we're so glad to have you guys along with us. Please come back next week when we do this again so that we can all hang out again and play more D&D. We hope you're all safe and well and healthy. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I think I've aged pretty well.